Jesus performed this first miracle in Cana in Galilee. There he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. We serve a God of abundance, yet you're still living paycheck to paycheck. We serve a God of order, yet your house always seems to be a mess. You feel unappreciated and overwhelmed just trying to keep up. Does the noise of life drown out the voice of God? Hi, my name is Gina Morton, a Catholic wife, mom, and declutter coach. Welcome to Pruning to Prosper, the podcast where we talk about all the practical things to run your home smoothly. Clutter, money, mindset, and yes, everyone still wants to eat, so we'll talk about that too. That nagging in your heart is God telling you he has more for you than just trying to keep up. If you're ready to get uncomfortable, get brave, and see what you can do, then grab your garden shears because you're about to prune away the stuff so you can prosper into the woman God has called you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pruning to Prosper. I'm your host, Gina Morton. It has been a few weeks since my last podcast episode, and I thank you for sticking with me uh, as I took a little break. If you want to call it a family vacation, if you want to call it a sabbatical, if you want to call it a trip of a lifetime, it was all of the above. So let me just give you a little rundown of what we've been up to as a family We are, my husband and I, are celebrating our 20th wedding anniversary this October, and my oldest son is going into his senior year of high school, and we're not sure what his path is going to be after high school, but it will probably be some sort of military route, whether it be um, one of the academies, an ROTC program, or something like that, but we're pretty sure that This has been our last summer with our son really living at home full time. So we thought, let's take this trip. And my husband has been, um, he started his own business five years ago. And part of the plan was that at everyone's five-year anniversary, they would get a five-week sabbatical. So we went first with our five-week sabbatical. And next year, my husband's partner, she will do the same. And then luckily, the employees have been hired individually in a staggered, (laughs) uh, you know, staggered over the years. So we won't have anyone that's doing their sabbatical in the same year. So then the following year will be another young lady from the office and they're, you know, each employee will get their five, five weeks as their fifth year anniversary comes around. So and that was one of the things with starting his own business was that they really wanted this to be. Um, just a business that really served the families that they serve as financial advisors, but also to be example of how to live, you know, just, we can call it our rich life. We can call it, you know, living your best life. You can, whatever you want to call it, we get one shot at this, right? And my husband and I lived for so many years with the phrase someday, someday. And we would just talk about, Someday when we had money, someday when the business took off, someday when the war was over, you know, like it was always constantly looking down the road. And I didn't want to live with someday forever because we don't know when our day is coming. And I don't believe in he who dies with the most toys wins because to me, I just feel like, did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy the ride? And, 
you know, I don't want to wish away my kid's childhood. I don't want to wish away these years where I'm actually like physically able to do things. So we took this five weeks and we boarded a plane and we headed on this journey. So we started off, we flew into Munich mid-June and we had one night in Munich where we pretty much just caught up on sleep. Then we rented a car, well, a van, and we drove north in in Germany. And I'm sure over the next few weeks, I'm going to tell you more stories about our trips, but I just want to give you a quick overview. So we drove north up to Ordruf, then back down to Munich where we um, ditched the rental car, and then we started on the trains, and we had Eurorail passes for the month. So then we went south of Munich to just the most spectacular town called Garmisch. And it's actually two towns. If you look it up, they've joined. It's Garmisch and Partenkirchen. We stayed there for about eight days. Then we headed east into Slovenia, where we stayed in an apartment overlooking the river in Ljubljana. We were there for about a week. And then we rented a car and drove the car to Florence so that we could get a train to Assisi. So then we were in Assisi, Italy for, oh, not quite a week, but uh, quite a few days. From Assisi, we went to Rome. And from Rome, we went back up north in Italy to um, Murano was the closest town, but we were actually in a little village called St. Martin. And then from there, we flew out of Venice. So we, we um, I don't know, I guess we took a train. Yeah, we took a train from Murano to Venice, where we had one spectacular evening on the beach. So we didn't take the kids to the actual canals of Venice like you see all the time. Uh, We were actually north of Venice on the beach. It's like a beachy town. So we were there and then we flew home out of Venice. And the whole thing took about a month. So anyway, um, and then there's more after after we got home to the United States. But anyway, that's like a quick overview of what we did. So since it was our 20th year of marriage, I wanted to try to surprise my husband with something special. So I reached out to our diocese. I have a friend that works in the diocese and I called her up and I asked if anyone, if there were any priests from our diocese that were going to be in Rome while we were in Rome. And I wanted to see if we could just get a little blessing on our marriage for this 20 year anniversary. Um, And she's like, let me find out. So she called me back a few hours later. She said, yes, there's a priest that is um, in residence over there at the Irish College in Rome. And here's his information and da-da-da-da-da, whatever. So anyway, I get his information. I try to reach out to him. Failed attempt. Turns out my friend, Aaron, she is a mutual Facebook friend with him. So I was like, huh, let me see if... Aaron is related to this priest. So I text her, ask if she's related. She says, no, why? What's going on? So I say, well, I'm trying to surprise Dennis with um, a marriage blessing in Rome. And she said, well, I can tell you that he's not going to be in Rome because my parents are currently picking him up from the airport. So I was like, oh, man. (laughs) But there is a happy ending. That priest arranged for um, a priest at the Irish College 
to do this mass for us. So again, I'm skipping a lot of the story for your sanity. And uh, But anyway, we got hooked up with this priest at the Irish College, and he happens to be Irish himself, which is funny because only my husband is a little bit Irish. I'm not. But we've had this like Irish streak throughout our relationship. Like I met my husband at a wedding in Philadelphia and after the wedding, every everybody from the wedding party, because it was kind of an earlier wedding. So all of us, including the bride and the groom, we all went to the Irish pub in Philly. And that's where I just I just announced to my friend who was the bride, I was like, I'm gonna marry that guy. So that was like my declaration of marital intent was at the Irish pub. Then we did our pre-cana classes at St. Patrick's in El Paso, Texas. Then we got married at a St. Patrick's in Philadelphia. And so now here we are 20 years later getting our marriage blessed at the Irish College in Rome. So it's kind of funny that all of this. So anyway, the priest that did this marriage blessing was from Waterford, Ireland. So it was great. So anyway, we get to this college. Not We agree on a 9 a.m. because I just said, hey, if you have a daily mass, like we'll just come to the daily mass. And if you could just give us the old like blessing, great, awesome. Like I didn't want to impose. And I said, and then could we take you out to breakfast afterwards? And he, he texted me back. Sure. That sounds great. Let's do how's 9 a.m. So I said, perfect. So the kids all dressed up. We get a taxi. We head over to the Irish college in Rome and the gates open up for us. It's this really sweet college. And when I say college, it's really just like a building with some some corridors that extend around. It was beautiful, but not like a sprawling campus like we we would kind of think of. So anyway, we go there and turns out it it's pretty empty because it's summer. So all the seminarians are not really there. It's just this one priest from Ireland and a young priest from South Korea. And there is no daily mass. He did a special mass for just us. So it was just the six of us and these two priests. And that was it. And so I read the opening Bible passage today from the wedding in Cana because that was the reading that he chose to use for our little marriage blessing mass. And it was, and they also did the first Corinthians, you know, and my kids got to read the readings and then the priest did the gospel. And so the whole homily was about us and our marriage. And like, it was just so beautiful. And during the homilies, when he renewed our vows and blessed our marriage, and it was just so beautiful. So then we agree that we are going to go out for breakfast. So we're standing outside in this little, like a uh, lobby, if you will, of the college. And the, the Irish priest, he went to get himself ready. And so I'm there with the younger priest from South Korea and super sweet young man. And he, he looks at me, he says, you have a big family. <laughs> I was like, that's a lot coming from an, from a Catholic priest. And I said, you know, I guess we do, but you know, I just got a, a birth announcement from a friend of mine who just had her 10th kid. So to me, four kids, it might be a lot, but it's not a lot compared to my friends, you know? So I was like, oh, I guess so. But we did notice in Europe that they we saw one American family in Germany that had five kids and one other family in Rome that had four kids. But other than that, three was kind of the max that we saw the entire month. So it was kind of funny. Um, and so this priest was just, you know, commenting about our family size and and then he says to me, he goes, so what's it like to be a mother? 
And I was like, oh my gosh, we're two and a half weeks into this four week trip in Europe. And I just thought, what in the world do I say to this priest? So imagine that the the movie just stops, right? Freeze frame on this priest as he asks me, what's it like to be a mother? And in that freeze frame, my brain is just going a million miles an hour thinking, what do I say? How in the world do I sum up to this young priest who has an interest in family and marriage and all this stuff? Like, how do I describe what it's like to be a mother? And in this freeze frame moment, I'm thinking about the past two and a half weeks, how we left our home, we got a car to Newark Airport, how, you know, kids are just throwing up on the airplane constantly, how they fight, how they talk back to us, how they just criticize each other, how we ask them to please be kind. And in the next minute, it's like we had never said that. And they're so horrible to each other. And they're holding a gelato and they're asking us, when's the next thing that we're going to do that's fun? And why don't you guys ever, why don't we ever do anything fun? (laughs) And you're like, oh my gosh, we're in Europe for a month. And all you guys do is complain and ask for the next thing. And oh my gosh, can you just appreciate how beautiful this view is without asking when is the next meal? And, you know, I just want everyone to smile one time for one picture. Just look at me so I can get one picture to post on Facebook and Instagram that shows that we have done this for you kids. And then in the next moment, I'm thinking about how when the kids are throwing up on the trains and the planes and how my husband holds their hair, or they hold the hair of their sibling, or they grab their sibling's little hand and they go find the the bathroom on the train, or when the hike gets a little too much, they encourage each other and they cheer for each other and they sing songs to make it go faster, and they encourage each other to try new things at the meals. When they take their little risk of speaking German to the person that's making them a sandwich and saying, Danke Shane, as we walk out of the, you know, with our sandwiches, as we go on a hike, and they stop and they smell the flowers and they look at all the crucifixes and they pray and they go to church without complaining and they they offer up so many candles for my mom and my best friend and and they live their faith for the most part. So I'm thinking, how do I sum this up to this priest that just asked me what it's like to be a mother? So unphrase, and I say to the priest, Father, it's hour by hour. Some hours are so blissfully beautiful, I could cry. And other hours are so horrible, I do cry. And I said, but I don't really know how else to describe being a mother. And I said, sometimes they're so grateful and they thank us for every little thing. In other moments, they are so ungrateful. We wonder why are we even bothering with this? And he just looks at me and he goes, Well, that sounds like Jesus. (laughs) It's like, oh my gosh, you're right. It is. 
And it changed the rest of my vacation, you guys. For the next week and a half, I just kept saying to my husband, it's not their job to be grateful. It's not their job as children to understand all that has gone in to the sacrifice of this trip, the planning of this trip, how much we have done behind the scenes to make this possible, how many years, years, you guys, went into this trip being possible. We see the pictures on Facebook and everyone's coming up to me now like, your pictures are great, and da-da-da-da-da, and they're like, how was it? And I really can't put it into words what it was like because it really was the trip of a lifetime. And I'm not going to try to pretend that it wasn't a lot for us financially and spiritually and all the things. And I will tell you plenty of stories as the weeks unfold here. It's a lot to even just try to put into words, but really it is, it does come down to Jesus. It really is, you know, you give it your all. You give motherhood everything you have and most times we will never be thanked for all the things and all the sacrifices. But I think also, too, it was really special that we got our marriage blessed on this trip because I think through all the ungrateful moments that our kids were displaying, I always had my husband. And I think that that's why it's so special that Jesus's. um years of ministry began with a wedding because I really do lean on my husband and he leans on me. And in the past few months, we've just taken to this little thing that we do where in the midst of the kids like screaming at us or being ungrateful, he'll just stop and he'll say, you're a really great mom. And I'll stop and I'll say, you're a really great dad. And we just hug each other because he's my rock and I'm his rock. And on this foundation, we have built this family. And it's not perfect, and it's messy, but it's also really, really beautiful. And I'm really, really grateful for each and every one of my children, and especially for my husband. So, Dennis, if you're listening, thank you for this trip, and happy anniversary. All right, guys, stay tuned. I'm going to have another episode immediately following this one, and it's going to be talking about the... September rosary group. So it's going to be the next thing that I'm going to be hosting, if you will, and you can sign up for. So stay tuned. It's going to be a month of our the Seven Sorrows rosary. Um, so stay tuned for that. Have a great day. Take care.